Tomlin went to bat for Deontay Johnson yesterday, and I understand that. I respect that. He also, in all likelihood, swung and missed. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Tomlin covered a lot of ground yesterday. There might not have been anything that was more interesting than the conversation related to Deontay, especially following up on his performance Sunday against the Bengals in which he was limited to four catches on five targets for 21 yards for a long of eight and yet another one of those silly backtrack catches. I'm not inclined to blame the Bengals' defensive scheme for stopping Deontay. Uh, Whenever this came up with Kenny Pickett afterward, he spoke of Cincinnati maintaining a safety above Deontay, so he wasn't going to be as inclined to throw to that side because of that. That was what the scheme in question was. But that in and of itself, I I see... Two other reasons that Deontay didn't get anything done on Sunday. And I dare say that these reasons apply pretty much across the board of his entire season. The first is that he's got Matt Canada as a coordinator. Canada doesn't know what to do with Deontay. Deontay is seen by people inside the industry and that included Ben Roethlisberger for a long time, as a legitimately elite route runner. Not a very good one, not a great one, an elite route runner. And that doesn't get utilized by this coordinator at all. What do you see from Deontay? You see him run forward and then run back. And hey, I'm open. And there's nothing else to it. When was the last time you saw Deontay get the ball on a crossing pattern? Heck, when was the last time you saw Canada draw up a crossing pattern? What's he worried about, that they'll get clocked? It's football. Is he worried about interceptions? Or is that coming from Tomlin, the whole living in the fears thing? The whole can't throw over the middle thing? You've taken, this coaching staff has, Deontay right out of the playbook. So let, let's start there. The Bengals have a scheme, but nothing's to stop the coaches from counter-scheming unless they're either afraid to or they're just completely unwilling. Two, my second point here, is that Deontay just hasn't been very good. I mean, let's just call that one for what it is. The most yards he's gotten a game this year is 84. Over the last five games... He's topped 50 yards just once. He hardly exists out there. Even visually, he's been targeted 50 times over the last, well, that was over the first five games, only 36 times in the games that have followed. That's that's not making yourself available. That's not gaining separation. So before I go further into the coaching thing, let's make sure he has his share, because if you're going to get 18 million a year you've got to produce a lot more than that what can you expect at point park university in downtown pittsburgh respect 
Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Being honest with you here, though, the part that bugs me way more is the part where it's completely acceptable for Tomlin and his staff to concede to what the other team wants to do, meaning defensively. And this is characteristic of the mindset of a defensive coach, which Tomlin, of course, is first and foremost and always will be. But he has instilled this in Canada, who wasn't really like this in colleges, okay? I'm not letting him off the hook either, believe me. But I see this as more of a Tomlin thing. Well, Stefan Gilmore is standing out there. And as a result, we're going to change everything that we do and we're never going to throw in the middle of the field. How do I know that that's Tomlin's stance? Because I once asked him a question to that effect and he looked back at me like I was completely nuts. Did I not realize that Gilmore was standing on the field? Sure, of course, you're careful, you're mindful, but you don't avoid the player or his part of the field entirely. You've reduced your offense to just Cliff's notes. And that's what the Steelers' offense is, and I'm of the firm belief that that's a big reason why it is. Listen to Tomlin explaining the challenge in getting the ball to Deontay this past Sunday. Let, let's be let's be frank, okay? Deontay is the known commodity within the group, and so people are have an agenda to minimize his impact on the game, particularly in significant moments. Possession down, red zone football. When you got a guy that's been a pro bowler and really he's kind of the only one and you got a young group, um, that's a component of it. And so how do you open up opportunities for a guy like that? Other guys make plays. Uh, Pickens had a nice game. Uh, Friar Muth had a nice game. Those things create opportunities and balance within your attack and, and opportunities for a guy like Deontay, which you mentioned. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't think that's good enough. I really don't. I, I don't think it's good enough to say, hey, they did this and they're aware that Deontay was in the Pro Bowl and they were going to give him a little bit of extra attention. And as a result, he was only going to be able to do this much. Let's bear in mind here that the single most damning stat on Deontay's line from this past game wasn't the four catches, wasn't even the 21 yards. It was the five targets. And if you want to turn this into a Kenny conversation, that's probably not going to go real well either, because it's fairly obvious, I would think, that Kenny's not getting to do more than two reads on any play because of the limited time he has behind this offensive line, especially the left side of the offensive line. So we can say, well, Kenny really should be checking down to get to Deontay on his, what, third or fourth check? He doesn't have anywhere near that amount of time. He just doesn't. It's fantasy land to think otherwise. So that tells me that Deontay is not in the script as the first option very often, maybe not even as the second option. That's that's coaching. That's coaching. That's not Cincinnati playing boogeyman with the safety. It's coaching. And to repeat, the player himself needs to do better. When we come back, J1Q.
portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Chris, who asks, what are the chances the Steelers call on Ben to spend some time in the offseason with Kenny to help him develop? Same premise uh, could apply to Marquise Pouncey or David DeCastro with the offensive line, guest coaches and OTAs or training camp. Uh, Chris, the first answer that I have is that I think that if Ben were to apply himself, and by that I mean at the level that you need NFL coaches to apply themselves, he would be wonderful at it. I don't envision any scenario in which that had happened. I'm going to try to say this without being <laughs> without being uh, mean to anyone involved, but Ben is about Ben. Okay, Ben is a team player. Don't misconstrue that because Ben is about winning. But Ben is also about Ben. For him to just fully invest in a process that doesn't necessarily have a Ben outcome would be quite the transformation. I'm going to repeat this, that I'm not taking a shot at him. We all have our personality, you know, trademarks, quirks, whatever it is. Ben is about Ben when it comes to football. And to ask Ben to sit in the background and build up his successor, uh, no, it, it it won't happen. Ben is much, much better off doing exactly what he's done this year, which is coming to camp, telling Kenny, I'll be there for you, even if that is or isn't uh, something that he means from the bottom of his heart, and, and that's the end of that. To the other guys that you mentioned, and really to almost anybody that you'd mention in this context, Chris, you got to remember something here. This is a real-life thing. They made so much money as players. And you come back, and now all of a sudden you're getting paid at the rate of a, you know, quarterback's coach or an assistant offensive line coach or even the main offensive line coach. It's what you were getting for half a game as a player. And yet you're putting in countless hours, 60 hours a week. Um, your other suggestion probably got a little bit warmer as far as being guest coaches in OTAs and visit them in Latrobe. And that actually is something that Tomlin doesn't shy away from. But, and please know that I hear this from the Steelers, the Penguins, and the Pirates more and more with each passing year that head coaches and or managers or general managers or anyone running the sports operations of a team get very leery about an athlete hearing what they refer to as too many voices. In other words, let's say Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, just went through a whole week of drilling these guys on a certain way that he wants them to block a given scheme. And then 
like the following whatever Monday or Tuesday or whatever, uh, guest instructor David DeCastro comes along and he tells them a completely different way. And they're looking over at Dave and they're thinking, dude's multiple time all pro. I'm listening to him. Heck with this other guy. That might sound appealing to, you know, to the fans because you're not getting the results that you want right now on the field, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The instruction has to be precise. It has to be deeply, deeply invested. And all the rest, don't take this the wrong way, Chris, but all the rest is just kind of romanticism. You know, it makes for a fun story, but it's not at all practical. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. And I want to wish everybody here a happy Thanksgiving. This show will take tomorrow off and it'll be back on Friday to take a look ahead to the matchup against the Colts next Monday. Thanks so much for listening. 